0: Foster is an
1: ordinary man.
0: Where are you going? Going home. Not this way or not? Why not? Metro Rail Construction, that's why not. Living in the everyday world.
2: I don't suppose you have a couple of bucks you could give me. It would really help me out. If you give me your address, I'll mail it back on
1: A patient man. Can I help you? Yes, I'd like a ham and cheese womlet, wham fries. I'm sorry. We stopped serving breakfast at 11.30. (laughs) Who's running out of patience? There's a change for the phones. A peaceful man. Lord says, I have to buy something." Who's about to be pushed? 85 cents, 85 cents. Hasn't given me enough money for the phone call. Drink, 85 cents. You pay, go. A little too far. I stay. You mean you stole your baseball bat, but he paid for the soda. Just standing up for my rights.
2: As a consumer. Oh, this guy's discriminating. What kind of bitch of are you?
1: Trying to get home to my little girl's birthday. Give us your briefcase.
0: if everybody'll stay out of my way. Here. You want a briefcase? Give me a, briefcase. Oh. a briefcase, Wait, the
1: briefcase. Wait a minute.
0: And nobody will get hurt. Warner Brothers presents.
1: Say, would you
2: get off my golf course? Yeah.
0: The story of an everyday guy who refused.
2: Five! Hey,
0: to take it
2: one more day. So we got a nutcase with a bag full of guns. He's in Hollywood right now, and he's heading west. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but there's other people waiting to use the phone here. Now, if you go up against this guy... Be careful. I think it's out of order. Somebody in a white shirt and tie gunned gun down a phone for three blocks from the Whammy Burger. Michael Douglas.
0: In America, we have the freedom of speech. Come on! I want to be a part of want to buy a ticket. The right
1: to disagree.
2: Robert Duval. I know who
1: this guy is.
2: In a Joel Schumacher film.
1: What are you doing to the street? We're fixing it. What the hell does it look like? See,
2: I don't think anything's wrong with the street. I think you're just trying to justify your inflated budgets. Well, I guess
1: so. I'll give you something to fix.
0: What are you? Hey, Charlie!
1: Oh, Falling down.
0: Let's call it a day. Come on. I'm the bad guy. A tale of urban reality.
1: welcome to vintage burn i'm kev marco and doug and
0: today
2: we're going to be switching it up uh marco gave us a recommendation to maybe do something outside of horror i think we're going to start doing more of this so he picked uh in in action drama and kind of uh Weighs heavily on our current climate in society. Um, great, great movie to pick. So 1993's classic, Falling Down. Um, so let me just get into a synopsis on this and pulling this from iTunes. Looks like the year's right on this one. Uh, even though the right, the year was right on the other one, Doug was just wrong. But, you know, we're not going to get into that. That's fine. <laughs> Dude, uh, not
1: not even close. You can, you can <laughs> only talk shit if you're fucking whatever. <laughs>
2: Hey, we I'd agree with you, but
1: that would bo- I'd agree with you, but that would both be wrong.
2: We got it, it recorded. We'll we we'll, are gonna we'll let the the uh, listeners decide
1: on that one, Douglas. Yeah, 2010. Hey, what do you want from me? I don't release it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> continue. 1993
2: is falling down. Uh, Academy Award winner Michael Douglas and Robert Duvall. They were in a bunch of movies. I really don't need to get into. I think most people know who these guys are. Um, star with Emmy winner and Oscar nominee Barbara Hershey. Uh, again, somebody else, a lot of movies that she was in. This is an old movie, so they, they've been in a lot of flicks since then. Probably a lot of movies that uh, people out there wouldn't even know. Um, in this action drama about a man's odyssey into madness, prompted by the effects of modern city life, it follows two ordinary men, a laid-off defense worker, played by Douglas, driven beyond frustration in an endless traffic jam, now on a path of violence and potential self-destruction. An LAPD detective, played by Duvall, only hours away from retirement, to find him and stop his vigilante acts. It's directed by hit maker Joel Schumacher. New York Times called it a wickedly mischievous, entertaining, suspense thriller. Can't yeah, it sums that. it up.
0: Sums it up, yeah. And Joel Schumacher actually directed uh, one of your favorite movies, Kevin, The Lost Boys. Oh shit! You know what? Didn't even realize that. Yeah, man. Yeah, he uh, he also directed some duds too, like those Batman movies right after uh, the Burton era. There, the Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. But uh, he has a ton of hits, man. He's
1: he is a eight hit millimeter, there. right?
0: Yeah, he did eight millimeter. That's another one he did. Uh, the guy's creepy.
2: creepy. Batman.
0: Yeah. Another one too is DC Cab. I don't know if you guys ever saw that with Mr. T. It's a horrible movie, <laughs> but it was one of his first. I believe. I used, it. To, I used to love that movie when I was a little kid. Anyway, uh, yeah, the uh, got a really good score, at seven point six on IMDb. Budget was about twenty five million, which actually surprised me. I thought that was kind of high for its uh, time, you know, and uh, made about forty one million dollars for its time. I'm sure is is decent. And then, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'll get into it. And, um, yeah, it, it opens uh, the first scene, man. It, it actually makes me feel really uneasy, this scene, where he's sitting in his car in traffic in L.A., and it's, like, hot as all hell, and, uh, you know, and uh, the, his AC's not working. And then, you know, he starts really, like, focusing in on people, like, just making noises and yelling at each other, beeping, honking. A fly bothering him tries to roll down the window. Doesn't work. His car is a piece of shit too, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah,
0: shit. yeah. So he he just gets fed up with sitting in traffic and in, in this construction up ahead or whatever. That's probably the reason. And he just gets out of his car and decides to walk home.
2: You know, I feel like I can relate to this guy a lot already because what was irritating me in that moment. I know what you're saying. I think the scene was perfect because it was uneasy. It was very unsettling like you like it was just making me it was like oh my god like i want to i just want to get up out of my chair and move and like leave uh what was great was the uh he was looking at all the fucking bumper stickers and there was like the one about jesus and then there was another one about something else and the, it's like all those goddamn bumper stickers that you see people with and it just it makes i don't know makes me just want to go nuts too makes me want to yes, fucking yeah. down.
1: Like, he died for your sins, and how's my driving? uh, Call 1-800-EAT-SHIT. Yeah, yeah, I got that one written down. But but, yeah, this opening scene has to be the most fucking stressful thing ever. And I think that's why they're just trying to, like, from the get-go, like, just get you in this mindset of him, you know? Another two minutes, I probably would have fucking had to just get up and, like, walk out, you know?
0: Yeah, it, it, I was on the verge of having an anxiety attack. <laughs> it was it was pretty fucking bad, man. It, it it's just it, it's funny cuz I've seen this movie like 10 times and you know, I intently watched it like 3 times in the last couple of weeks and uh and I just noticed it so much more this time around than ever before. And plus I understand it more than when I watched it back in 1994 or 3 whenever I saw it. So, I mean, oh, yeah, like the- I get it.
1: It's like the older you get, the more you can uh, relate to Bill in a fucked up way. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And uh, another thing I noticed, actually, I I noticed in the synopsis, it calls him William Foster. But if you look on the uh, IMDb cast, it actually has him as defense. Yeah, (laughs) same with the credits on the actual movie. It's Bill slash, like, defense or fens. (laughs) Yeah, it calls him William in, in the thing I read. But yeah, with same shit, but... All right, then uh, yeah, you meet Detective Pendergrass. He's in the same jam. He's a few cars behind. Sees a motorcycle cop pass him, so he you know gets out to see what's up. And uh, he walks up, and he you know, this guy telling the cop what's going on. Now I thought he was getting out to take a leak, but he walked into the bushes and just he never came back. And uh, so he comes, you know, uh, Detective Pendergrass, which that's his, I don't know if I said his name already, but Detective Pendergrass, you know, says, "Hey, let's push this out of the way." And the guys like, oh, the cop is like, get back in your cars. Uh, there's a lot of uh, glass, steel, and fast-moving vehicles, <laughs> which I thought was ridiculous because they're in a traffic jam. There's nobody moving. The yeah. fucking thing was stand still.
2: Yeah, and they both. I think look that's wrong and they're like looking around, like, where the fuck's the traffic? What are you talking about?
0: Doug, were you gonna say something, bro? Oh no, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin grabbed it. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Thought I heard you both trying at the same time. But anyway, uh, then, then uh, you know, Detective Pentagrass pulls out his badge, says he's a robbery, and let's push this thing out of the way. You know, he, he reluctantly agrees. He wanted to call for a tow truck, and and that's that. I mean, and then he actually notices the license plate. I mean, he, he looks right at it, and the license plate, obviously, you know, says defense. So that's about it on that end. And then uh, it cuts to a woman and her child. Walking, walking towards their home. The woman is Elizabeth, which is played by Barbara Hershey. Um, you know, she hears the phone ringing, so she runs in and basically, um, you know, answers the phone and it's it, it's defense, William, Bill, whatever, on the other end and, you know, just not saying anything. So she, she hangs up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's starting to sum up, add up. I mean, this, this fucking movie... Take so many fucking turns, man, and follows like four different stories. So, and then it goes back to him, and uh, he walks in. He's actually he, you know, chose to hang up the phone, and then he reaches for his chain – you know, pockets to grab more change. He realizes he doesn't have change, so he goes to a Korean store right across the street, and uh, so the, he asks for change, and the guy tells him you got to buy something. This leads to you know, the, you know, the, the fucking. Chaos in this part it was just fucking insane, man. That's and uh, so he grabs a, a coke out of the cooler, and then what I like about it is he enjoys the cool air for a minute. He, he like rubs this cold soda can all over his head, face, you know, to cool off. And he goes to pay for it, and uh, the guy tells him 85? 85 cents. And he's like, I don't understand what you're saying. You know, don't you have V's in in China? <laughs> Whatever he says, so the, the guy's a like, long well, Korean. <laughs> and uh, which I thought was actually kind of funny, and then so the uh, you know the he says I'll give you fifty cents or whatever for the soda and you give me fifty cents change and he's like no just get out of my store pretty much. So
1: uh, yeah, he's he's not but, having it for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, man, fucking guy, whatever. So he reaches for a bat and goes to whatever uh, to uh, like attack William pretty much, or if I remember correctly, and then anyway. William grabs the bat and they stop wrestling each other and whatever. And he takes control of the bat. And I'm losing my place because I wrote everything way too close. And uh, <laughs> the, the clerk, you know, finally gets the clerk down and he yells him, yo, take the money, take the money. And then this is uh, what William says. You think I'm a thief? I'm not the one charging 85 cents for a stinking soda. You're the thief. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is the part that just gets me every time. Then William tells him he's rolling back the prices to 1965. Yes. How much for donuts? He says a dollar twelve. A dollar twelve. Now does anybody else find that a dollar twelve is just an odd fucking number for something? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe California tax back then. Who knows?
0: Maybe. But then, then after that, almost everything's like a twenty-nine. Actually, I'm sorry. The aspirin's three forty. I actually wrote all this shit down. And he's like wrong, and he smashes it. And then he's like batteries, and he's like five. He starts saying five, but he's like four twenty nine. He's like good try. And then, uh, <laughs> and then he's like a soda. <laughs> and he's like fifty cents. And so, and then William just says sold, or defense just says sold, <laughs> and then he walks out. And that's it, well, man. Pa- fucking- but he pays yeah. for it though. That's the funny part. He, he goes up, puts the
1: dollar register, takes his change. And then walks out.
0: He just wanted to yeah. He didn't want to be overcharged. Yeah, he just wanted to change for the phone. And he was having a bad day. And, and you know, he felt uh, like, I don't know, he's just, he just losing control of himself. I think that's what it really leads down to, you know. Yeah, just he
1: snapped, just met, met his breaking point. I, it's funny. I almost like find this to be like a little bit of a dark comedy, too, if that makes. It's I like mean- it's. Like, I don't say it's, like, funny, like, like, like slapstick, but, like, just, like, the, the dialogue in this just cracks me up, even though it's such, like, a, a tense movie. You know, you have these little parts that are kind of, like, you know, and then you want to cheer them on, too, at the same time.
0: So- Yo, absolutely, absolutely. I think there's definitely some lines in there that just, yeah, definitely, I mean, I, I, pretty much in every scene where he goes crazy, because he goes crazy, like, six times in this movie, there's always yeah. a line. There's something, you know, and, and uh, we'll get to more of that coming up shortly.
2: So from this scene, you guys automatically, I mean, have you already started to think, you know, is this, do you think this dude's racist? Based off of the uh, stuff he said, you know, that he, he said the Korean guy obviously started with like, you know, don't you, don't you know how to pronounce your V's in China or whatever he said for sense or whatever the hell he said. And, and then he's just like, I'm Korean. And then it was kind of, it's like. Do you you think, I mean, as we go further, do you think it's, like, it has to do with any type of racial tension on his end? Or are they trying to portray him as some type of racist?
0: Well, it's kind of funny. Go ahead. Go ahead, ahead,
1: Marco.
0: No, no, take it. Uh, I was just...
1: (laughs) Like, at first, it kind of seems that way, because, like, the the people he encounters on his, you know... I mean, he's in California in, like, the, the 90s, you know, so it's very every neighborhood's a little bit different, you know? It's very diverse. But then the part comes later on that kind of makes you think, like, oh, wait, maybe, you know, he just hates everybody, and he's just, yeah. he just doesn't give a fuck. He's just disgruntled, you know? But at first, yeah. you kind of get that tone, for sure.
2: But I like that, because it it automatically makes you assume in this scene, and until you, you know, as we go further along, we find out more. But, I mean, immediately you're like, oh, this dude's got to be racist, which, I hate to say, it seems like this, unfortunately. I just don't feel like we would be able to see stuff like this in a modern movie. I don't think this movie would be made right now. And if it was, it would, I don't know. It would be totally toned back. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can't get away
0: with. Too raw. Yeah. And he even even says something in that same scene that I didn't mention. But when, when he does say that I'm Korean, he's like, you know how much money we give you guys? Yeah. You know, exactly. Whatever. So, so I understand like your thoughts on that, Kevin. But yeah, um, if you know at the beginning you would think so, but I think as the movie progresses, I, I think what Doug said. I think he's just a disgruntled man who's yeah. sick of people just being like scum.
2: It makes you and, wonder if the, if the writers like made a purposeful play on that. You know, like here we're going to project him as one thing, and then and then you'll find out more that there's more to this character than just some like white racist dude. If at if, if all, even really racist, honestly. I don't really think he gives a shit who it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then, uh, so let's get back to it. He it cuts back to Pendergrass now. He's at at the station. He's at his desk. He opens a drawer, and there's like a like a, a drawer full of sand. So they're, they're messing with, with him because it's his last day. And I forgot to mention in that first scene, he does tell that cop when, when he sees the license plate or whatever, when they push the car, that uh, he does say, this is my last day of the job. So he opens it, and then like everybody starts laughing, and uh, you know saying, "Oh, it came from my cat's litter box." And then they start calling him desk jockey. So you you feel like there's a lack of respect for Pendergrass, played by you know Duvall, and uh, it kind of saddens me a bit because like throughout the movie you'll notice like it, he's just disrespected all the time. Nobody takes him seriously, and 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 that's like kind of the start of it all with with him,
1: including his wife.
0: Yeah, I just get shit on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then uh, Sandra walks over. Uh, you know, Sandra's uh, is detective, his old partner. She has a new partner who's also a fucking dickhead in the movie. He's a but, douche, uh... yeah, he's such a douche, man. I didn't even think his name. He's just the douche, douche cop. <laughs> but he, he he asks if it's still on for lunch. They talk about his retirement for a moment. She 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 says, "Yo, I'm gonna miss ya. And, uh, you." And you could tell they have a good relationship. She leaves and pulls a photo. He pulls a photo of, of a little girl out of his desk. Well, you assume he's kind of older in this movie, so it could be a granddaughter, a daughter, or something like that. And uh, that picture obviously becomes more relevant later. Uh, Mm -hmm. Back to Elizabeth. She's on the phone talking about a party. Then it cuts back to William on a payphone, and he's trying to call her again, getting a busy signal. So he walks off, and you see in the background, you see a couple of suspicious characters, like gangbangers, staring at him. He walks up a hill, and the dudes, you can see, they start following him. And then it cuts back to Pendergrass. See, this is what this movie, like, it it basically rotates between the two stars of the movie. I don't know if you noticed that, but it's always like, you know, something involved, and and it's back-to-back scenes, and they'll cut in the middle. Actually, there's three stories with the wife, too, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is obviously part of William's uh, story. But uh, anyway, back to Pendergrass. He gets a phone call from his wife, begging him to come home. And this is what he has to deal with, this fucking poor guy, man. That's yes, bad for uh, what's wrong? Yeah, me too. She says, oh, I got a little scared. She's concerned that he's moving on her behalf. Then she makes him say, I love you on the phone. She starts freaking out a little bit. He puts on like a little snow globe and he starts singing like London Bridge is falling down and it soothes her. And, and, and that's where you can tell she's obviously got some like emotional issues.
1: Mm-hmm. You, do you notice something about that sentence you just said? Uh, no. What did I say? London Bridge is what? Falling, falling down. down. Yeah. So it's kind of like a recurring theme throughout the movies. London, you know, the name of the movie is Falling Down. London, London Bridge is Falling Down. They move to London mm-hmm. Bridge. There's an actual place. I think it's in Arizona where they actually have a, a bridge that they built, um, you know, back in whatever, I don't even know how long ago it was, but they like rebuilt it stone by stone in, uh, like Arizona or something. It's kind of like a, uh, continuing thing throughout the movie, you know, especially, like, later on, too.
0: Yeah, he oh. does explain it. He does explain it, too. Uh, I guess in Lake Havasu, they moved it over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, so, yeah, he does explain it. So, uh, back to William, or defense. Yeah, he's now sitting on a hill, and it's funny, he's looking through a hole in his shoe. <laughs> and, and, like, at the city, fucking, which leads to another part later, which is probably my Craziest part in the fucking movie. Um, it's a terrible neighborhood. You could tell. He's looking around. It, it just looks like a real big slum. And those two guys that were following fall up and ask what he's doing. They tell him he's trespassing on private property. And uh, William basically just says, "Hey, he didn't see any signs." The gang member points at like a gang gang graffiti, whatever. <laughs> he's like, "What does that say?" He's like, "I don't know." Well, what is? What do you call that? That's what he says. What do you call that? He's like graffiti. Yeah, graffiti. Uh, dude yeah. says it's a sign that that means no trespassing. William then responds with, maybe if it wasn't fucking English, he could understand it. And so, <laughs> yeah, going back to what you were saying, <laughs> Kevin, and, you know, it, it makes it sound like he, he's definitely, he definitely got some racist stuff going on. I agree. Yeah. I love but that again, scene.
2: But, but again, he could just be, um, obviously, again, with the change in climate. Um, you know, obviously, there were more diverse neighborhoods into the 90s. Um, I'm going to kill my dog in a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> anybody want a free dog out on the internet, just, just give me a call, okay? Just just message VintageBurnPodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to send you a free French bulldog in a fucking suitcase. Uh, probably no, it's going to be
0: airtight. Uh, so, you know. It's going to poke a few holes. Yeah, first first couches now dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> Let me know when you get a new TV.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh my god! Yeah, so uh, you can see I'm ready to start falling down. Uh, it, it's uh, <laughs> holy shit. Uh, but uh, but I mean I I think it's just uh it's just clear that. It's hard to tell. It's like, well, is the dude racist or is every little thing bothering him? And obviously in having, having a hard time with the, you know, the changes in society, he's just feeling like everyone should only speak English and, and you know, whatever. Even, even if it was somebody else that owned the store in the first, first situation, um, you know, the, the change in, how, in in how people are charging more in their own stores and everything. Like he just has a problem with everything so far. And it just happens to be, yeah, like Doug had said, he's in a pretty diverse area. Um, I mean, obviously, I think they made this movie in L.A. for a reason. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, it doesn't put once again California in the best fucking light. I mean, it's still California still looks like a shithole in my opinion. Whether it's the fucking '80s, '90s, or even now, it still looks like a shithole. So,
0: I, I yeah, think that. It- cool i'm sorry but it was relevant to the times kevin like uh la in like the early 90s was one of the worst places on the planet it had like a huge murder rate that's when actually this country in general had the worst crime rate in its statistical history
2: yeah it was like um, 90 91 92
0: and that was made around this time that time so i mean it, it makes a lot of sense
2: Was it roughly around the rodney king beating too i think that was it too right
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it had to have been about that time, sure, yeah, I, I think so, I think that was like 91 or 92 or something like that, so. Yeah, yeah so I it think was so.
2: in the early 90s, that
0: whole that
2: whole scene, yeah, it's definitely yeah, it was, brutal, it's, it's yeah, brutal. Yeah, man,
0: that was when the gangs were fucking insane, too, they, they, that's when they were all really like starting to kill each other, and it was just a bad time for Los Angeles, it's like modern day Chicago, pretty much. Hmm. How mm-hmm. Chicago is today? They call it chai rack. It's so freaking bad.
2: Oh Chirac. my god! Really?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chai rack. Yeah, they, that's what they call it. But uh, so back to this. William says, uh, "Is this a gangland thing?" and asks if they're having a, a territorial dispute. And uh, <laughs> which I found funny. And then basically they say, you know, William offers to leave, and they say that uh, he's got to pay a toll. I mean, he's incredibly well, a,
1: diplomatic, though. You know, he's like, all right, well, I see we got off on the wrong foot. Like, uh, you know, he's incredibly diplomatic, and they just still weren't having it.
0: And, and that's how he is throughout the movie, too, man. I think a lot of these scenes, they lead up to that. And we'll get into that a little more, too, as the movie goes. But, uh, but yeah, he, they ask for his briefcase. He refuses. And one of them pulls out a knife, a butterfly knife, does a cool move with it, you know, opens it all, like, snazzy-like. And uh, and then William just fucking goes nuts. He's like, you couldn't give me a minute to rest on you, piece of shit, Hill. You want my briefcase? I'll give you my briefcase. He goes down to reach it. He has the bat there, too, that they didn't notice. And he starts fucking beating the shit out of both of them with the suitcase. <laughs> I mean, the, I'm sorry, with the baseball bat. Then he he, th- he, throws, uh, he throws the bat at one of them, screams out, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm going home. Clear a path. Clear a path. <laughs> and then they drop the knife. So he takes the knife. So now he has the butterfly knife. He threw the bat. So he replaced the weapon with that. And then uh, goes back to the station. Pendergrass meets Mr. Lee. Another cop brings him over because thinking it's a robbery. You know, uh, the store clerk that he already, you know, attacked earlier. He explains what happened that he didn't uh, rob him. He attacked him. Smashed his uh, store. It was an assault, not a robbery. So the other cop apologized and it takes Mr. Lee away. As Lee is walking away, he's like, you stole my bat. Does that count? And he's like, you know, I keep it for defense. Because he, he can't say, you know, again, he's Korean, so he has an accent. And his <laughs> accent sounds like defense. So, you know, that's like the first time. And, you know, like Duvall doesn't put it together uh, yet. But you could tell that's going to obviously be put together later. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes back to uh, gang member rolling five deep uh, with, a, with uh, one of them a female being Angie. She ends up being in a lot of scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for him. And uh, she, she's trying to convince him to go to the hospital. So that's that part. And then it cuts again back to Elizabeth. She gets another call. Silence again. She says, cut the crap. I know it's you, isn't it? And then fi- finally, William speaks. Says, yeah, it's me. He says his daughter's birthday. And he's coming home. She says he's not com- you know, not to come there. He says he wants to bring her a present. So now you you, you understand where he's definitely walking to. Um, and, yeah, he's going to try to ruin their lives or her life. He loves his daughter, obviously. Mm-hmm. While while he's on the phone, the Cholos spot him. Could I, I don't know if I can say Cholos, but I already did. So there it is. He's asking <laughs> about his daughter. <laughs> his daughter, while they're, they're looking at him, the gang members kick Angie out of the car and begin, you know, cocking guns and shit simultaneously his wife doesn't you know tells him don't come here i'll call the police uh i'm coming home beth is what he says they turn the corner as soon as he hangs up they fucking start shooting and in this part what i find unbelievable is he just stands there all still while they're being shot like nothing is happening and all the bodies around him are fucking dropping people get shot left and right
2: He doesn't fucking move, like, doesn't even give a shit. He's just, like, staring straight at them, watching slow motion, does not care, bullets flying by him. He's just,
0: like, he's an animal. Yeah, man. Unfazed. No Um. fucking fear. Yeah, he says you missed, he shouts, uh, and, oh, actually, he walks up to the car, and he's like, you guys missed, and, you know, he shoots the gun a couple times, he picks up the gun, he shoots it a couple times, like, by his legs, but he doesn't quite hit him. Then he points again and shoots <laughs> – he shoots the guy in the leg. The one guy moving. The other guy's obviously dead in the car. And uh, the other two, I don't even know. They're probably dead in the car, but I didn't notice. But the two main dudes that were originally the ones that, uh, you know, confronted him were – one was fucked up, one was dead. Yeah. The- uh, go ahead, Doug. Yeah, I was going to say, that,
1: so they're both kind of hanging out of the car and he picks up the gun. And uh, I don't steal your thunder, Marco, but he, when he's walking away <laughs> – he tells him to take shooting lessons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 Which I have written, you stole my thunder. Uh, but anyway, he takes the bag of guns, man. So now he's got a butterfly knife, he's got a fucking bag of guns. Like, literally, there's got to be, like, eight to ten guns in that bag or something like that. If oh, I he, right. easily,
1: yeah. I love how he keeps, like, leveling up, like a video game. Like, he traded the bat for the knife, and now he's got, like, the knife and the guns. Yeah, <laughs> has,
0: exactly. It, <laughs> it's like a walking virgin, virgin, virgin of uh, Grand Theft Auto. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> the, the weapons just grow greater, but uh, does uh, I see? Goes and sees. Oh yeah. So Pendergrass now he sees the captain. The captain basically is giving him a speech, and uh, he finds out about the uh, drive-by shooting. He's giving him like a farewell speech and asking if he wants to stay part of the team. Seems pretty sincere at the time. Uh, refuses and cap asks, uh, you know, the captain asks how the kids Pendergrass says he doesn't have any. And so, you know, and then the captain says, it says, here you do. He's all, oh, we lost a child. And so that was, uh, you know, you kind of find out right there. The picture is obviously that child. So that, uh, that wraps that up. And then, uh, William now back to William. And then another thing he sees, uh, there's actually stuff like, I, I forgot to mention on the Hill, when he's walking up the hill originally, before the gang members get to him, there's actually like a bunch of like posters that say "kill, kill, 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 kill." Did you guys notice that?
1: Yeah, kind of on the corner, going each way. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, and, and, did, go ahead. Uh, did, did it just say "kill"? or Was it something underneath? I really couldn't. Oh my god, I didn't want to get off the couch and look at it because I had the fucking.
0: But anyway, did it say anything else besides "kill"? Honestly, I didn't notice anything else, and if it was, it was in like small lettering, so I, I didn't notice it either. Uh, Okay, I was wondering if you caught something. No, I didn't catch it. And then at, in this scene, when he's at the bus stop, there's actually a sign with like a crying little girl, and it says, I love you, Daddy. Oh, yeah, so yep. He's, he sees that, obviously, think you know, probably thinks of his daughter and, and just everything he looks at, man. And uh, so anyway, he's at the bus stop. And, and then again, he's looking around. He's seeing all the homeless people, people selling oranges, peanuts. And he's just looking around in disgust, you know, just because, you know, the way the world is, it seems, you know. Bus pulls up. He's trying to get on. He starts getting bumped into, bumped into. So he, he he further gets frustrated, and he decides not to take the bus. He walks away, and a guy asks him where he's going. It's these dudes doing, doing construction. The guy says, not this way. You're not, you know, because of construction. Go around at some time. You know, go around, basically. At For the all same all time, Elizabeth... Yeah, yeah, that's what he says. <laughs> at the same time, Elizabeth's, you know, talking to the cops. You know, they find out she has a restraining order on him. So that story's getting deeper too. You know, for showing up at 4 a.m. whenever he wants. Uh, that's what she says. The cop asks her if she has a temper, and he says she says yes. And uh, asks if he drinks, does drugs, or hits them. She says not exactly, but she basically expresses that she's really scared of him. Like something could happen. She sees something in him. So he's never actually physically attacked them.
1: Yeah, she doesn't want to. She says she doesn't want to wait around. You know, basically for him to do it you know he's got it in yeah. him like she's seen that side of him
0: yeah yeah man and 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 it's coming out all in this one fucking day and and it's amazing this movie literally takes place in like a 5 6 hour span <laughs> yeah that's fucking awesome <laughs> uh, then it cuts uh, to a park and then you see again more uh, you know and that's that's the thing that's the thing more homeless people a guy uh was it a guy holding and uh, I'm dying of AIDS sign which was also obviously huge back in that day. And then like two police officers breaking up a fight between a woman, like a male and female homeless person. Then it shows William just standing and watching all of it, you know? So like I said, he's just consuming himself with all these bad fucking visions, you know, And, and it's really bothering him. And it's where you start seeing, he just hates fucking society and the way it is, man. Like, I mean, you already see it, but I mean, it's just men, you know, putting it in your brain, you know? All right. Feel free to cut me off whenever, guys. I feel like I'm talking a lot today. No,
1: no, you're on a roll, dude. I, I just don't yeah. want to. I'm, I'm just trying not to have the. But um, did yeah, you I mean, get into? Did you get into the hobo part where the? Um, or or did you kind of skip over that? It was. I think it was coming up next.
0: Oh no, that's coming up. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about, and that's okay. coming up right now. It's actually the next paragraph. Yeah, the guy walks up to him saying he needs money for gas. And he said his buddy, you know, told him to come down and then he like ditched him. So uh, he was supposed to get money from his buddy. So he's like, if you give me money, if you give me your address, I'll send it to you. So William asked for his like driver's license. Dude says he doesn't have one. And he's like, so how the fuck did you drive down? (laughs) And he's like, he's like, hey, never mind that. Show me your registration. Never mind that. Show me your fucking car. (laughs) <laughs> that was awesome, and then the dude. The, this is what you were talking about, Doug, with the uh, funny lines. The dude says, "That's the way you treat a vet, man," and he's like, "What? You're an animal doctor?" <laughs> <laughs> but like, so serious though. You know what I mean? He wasn't even. He's was just like, was so caught off guard. Yeah, but and it's it, funny, man. Like every, you're right. Every scene where where it gets crazy, he always has that funny fucking line, man, dude. And and then it goes a little bit
1: further too, because then he's like he's like he's like, oh, I was in Vietnam, man. He's like, what were you, fucking 10? He's like, oh, I meant the yeah. golf, I meant the golf. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he asked him if he was a drummer boy. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So yeah, basically then he said, uh, you know, he's like, Oh, I need money for food while he's eating a sandwich. <laughs> I haven't eaten in a week. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't eaten in a week and he's eating as he's talking to him. <laughs> So he's like, oh, man, you got two bags, man. Oh, he asks for a cigarette, too. But anyway, he's got two bags. Why don't you give me one? And the dude's like, whatever. So, you know, William just gives in. And then he gives him his briefcase that he defended so hard on that fucking hill. And the guy, he's like, oh, yeah, he opens it. And what's in there, Doug? Sandwich and apple and, like, some crackers or something. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He defended that briefcase, literally. Could have gotten killed over a sandwich and a couple food items.
1: It was, yeah. It's one of those like you starting to see that he's a man of principle. He's it's just about, you know, it's just about principle. Even even if there's a million dollars in there or an apple, like he was going to defend it because it was his and he earned it and no one's going to take it from him.
0: Right. And uh, Kevin, anything? Ba? No, man. I <clears throat>
2: I just think like Doug was saying, we're we're starting to see way more character development. And we're, we're starting to understand him further. I think, I mean, obviously we're going to see he has, there's some psychological issues, uh, but I think that's that's the whole point is, as the movie's progressing, we're seeing more of him. And what what we were given first was like, all right, some just racist white dude, but it's far deeper than that. There, there's way more trauma going on with this guy.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. That's, that's the truth. And uh, I didn't know, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but if I did, I'm going to reiterate uh, when he met with Mr. Uh, Pendergrass. Now we're going back to Pendergrass and Pendergrass met with Mr. Lee from the store. He did tell him he had a shirt and a tie. And uh, yeah. so it, it cuts back to the station after all that. And uh, Angie is getting interrogated. Uh, she was one, you know, the girl that was in, in the gang car before they they did the drive by. And uh, anyway, he hears the description. And he hears her mention a baseball bat, so he enters and asks about the way he's he's dressed, and then he walks up, you know, to uh, a city map, and he starts connecting the dots. He starts seeing that they happened kind of in a line, and then again, what I was saying earlier is every detective in there is just laughing at him and telling him to stay out of the investigation, you know, and it drives me bananas because. Pendergrass is fucking, you know, really starting to figure things out. And, and these yeah. guys aren't taking him seriously because he's a desk jockey. And that's here's, how they look at him.
2: Here's the thing. I I and it's I and it actually just made me think of it now, but I think the whole point of of both stories going back and forth was that you have a you have a conformist and a non-conformist, right? So we've got we've got Michael Douglas as the nonconformist who's refusing to abide by the changes in society and you have the conformist Duvall who has been a cop but he's been a good cop but he's been a cop that's been just trampled on his entire career by shitty cops mm-hmm. up until his that's last true. day
0: yep yeah, and they, they, they are relentless on this day too and then it goes back to William the fast food incident yes <laughs> So uh, he tries ordering uh, breakfast, and I forget her name. I should have wrote it down because he uses their names, uh, it, the manager and, and her. I forget her name, though. She was oh, Sheila. But I, she,
1: Sheila. Sheila, you're right. But then she gets sent up. She's like, oh, call, you can call me blah,
0: blah, blah, like her full name, which she does.
1: Miss, yeah. miss something. I forget.
0: I forget, too. I should have wrote that down. I didn't. But anyway, uh, oh, she says, well, we're on the lunch money menu, so you have to order off of that. He for the manager, and the uh, manager says, we stopped serving breakfast at 11.30, and and he looks at his watch, and it's like 11.33 or 4 or something like that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so <laughs> so the manager daddy. all – let's oh, go ahead, Kevin. I'm sorry. How
2: many times does that happen to somebody, uh, you know, on this podcast? You know, you go and you're like, uh, you know, oh, sorry – Unfortunately, we're serving lunch now. It's a minute past due, and you're like, "I fucking know you still have breakfast sandwiches mine
1: there." Yeah, they're like throwing like egg McMuffins in the trash as they're saying it. Like, sorry, you
0: know.
2: Fuckers. That's crazy. We can't, we can't do that.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's happened to me probably more times. Uh, yeah, a lot, man. Hundred, probably a hundred fucking times in my life where I wake up and I have nothing to eat at the house, so I run down to McDonald's. I'm trying to fucking beat the ten thirty or eleven, whatever it was, at McDonald's. Just to get an Egg McMuffin and a fucking hash brown. Is that so much
1: to ask for, God damn it?
0: <laughs> you know. Uh, so, he's right. <laughs> so the manager apologizes, says he's really sorry. William says he's also really sorry, too. And he pulls out a fucking gun, man. Pulls out a. I don't know. You guys know guns better than me. Do you know what type of gun it is? It's <laughs> some kind of Uzi, it looks like. Yeah.
2: I think it's an Uzi. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> everybody panics he tells people to settle down enjoy their food eat their lunch <laughs> whatever get all your vitamins a's b's <laughs> again funny i thought that part was hilarious too doug yeah uh, it's gr- go ahead i was gonna you say it's, it's great. great it's great yeah. but uh then he uh he's, he's pointing the gun towards the ceiling and the gun goes off as he's saying it and uh Everybody screams and, you know, he starts telling them it was an accident. It was a, it's a sensitive trigger. <laughs> and then uh, basically they agree to give him the breakfast. The manager, you know, he asks for the breakfast. The manager complies. And then all of a sudden he changes his mind and he wants lunch. <laughs> which, which is crazy. Cause all this bullshit just for breakfast. So then all of a sudden he just wants lunch.
1: And the worst part is like, she asks, he asked her to get it. She turns around. It's literally still sitting right there. And she kind of turns around with it. And then he decides that he wants the, the lunch, you know. So that whole thing had been avoided. They're like, okay, we don't normally do it, but we have some right here, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
2: love that he wants to cook the food, too, for him. He's like, no, I want you to get my order.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because he's like, Sheila, get my order. He's like, no, I want you to do it, because he feels like a connection to him <laughs> or whatever he says or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, because he's, he's like, like – then he'll call him by his
1: first name because it feels like they have a connection because they talked for, you know, two minutes.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, he, he he gets his burger, and you think it's going to be over, but no, he gets mad because uh, the burger looks nothing like the picture. He's like, look at the picture. It's I forget what he says so I didn't write it down, but it's like meaty, plump or whatever, it's, you know, filled with stuff. And then he pulls the burger out, and it's as flat. You can't even tell there's, like, lettuce and stuff on it. That's how flat it is. Yeah. This crushed thing or whatever he says. This squished thing, I think he says. And, uh, yeah, that, that pretty much ends that scene.
2: No, dude. Um, you he goes, does anybody see a problem with this? And he's got the burger. He's flapping the burger around. Nobody wants to say anything. And this one little kid just <laughs> raises his hand. Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I did notice that. I did write it in. So good fucking catch, man. That's what I love. You guys watch this shit today. Fresh in the memory. That's why I like doing fresh in the memory stuff. But that is funny. And it, it's the little kid he was talking to early asking how his food was. And the kid seemed unfazed. His father obviously was, but he seemed pretty unfazed. He just slowly raises
2: his hand and everyone else is right in his head. at him like, what the fuck? And he's just
0: like... Alright, so now uh, they go to that lunch. Pendergrass and Sandra. Detective Sandra. It never says her last name. It just calls her Sandy or Sandra. So that's what I'm going with. Yeah, she's, you know, questioning his motives for moving, basically saying, you're just doing it for your wife, you're not going to be happy, whatever, whatever. And Copton, uh, Copton douchebag, Detective douchebag walks in and tells him uh, about the burger thing and says, uh, he says, basically, William paid for it and left. So Pendergrass asks where it happened. You know, the cop tells him the address and, you know, wants to know what he's wearing. Like, he tells her, when you get there, let me know what they say about what he's wearing. So he's trying to figure out if it's on the same path. And this is where you see the guy. And I think this is where you see a sympathetic moment out of uh, out of William, where you see the guy outside of the uh, bank uh, trying to get the loan. Economically viable, not economically viable, not economically viable. Yeah, he's talking, you know, he's trying to get a small loan for whatever he's trying to do. and, And the guy's just trying to better, you know, his life. And he's actually trying to do the right thing and, and do something with himself. And and this is where you see like Michael Douglas kind of looking at him a little bit. Kind of, and you could see that. I, I think you could see it. This is what I saw. That he kind of feels bad for him. Do you guys agree? Mm-hmm.
2: It's a reflection of himself. It, he's right. wearing a white shirt, same almost the same exact tie. Um, it, it's it's him. It's it's he's looking at himself. Except instead of him just speaking loudly out loud. To everyone and just getting arrested like this dude he's he's going a different avenue so it's basically like looking at himself if he were to to kind of take his mission in a different you know on a different path
1: right the the funny thing is too i think he actually says it about himself later on the movie too if i'm not mistaken uh
0: go ahead say say what say it it doesn't matter what does he say well, no, I don't give away the
1: ending, but... Oh, I, I,
0: I know what you're talking Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when, yeah. When we get to that part, does it involve the family, Doug? Y- yes, yes. Okay, when we get there, I'll let you take that part. Just remind me when we're getting close. All or right. just cut me off. I, I I feel like I have not cut off enough. I, I'm more respected than you, Doug. Yeah, that's just life, Gunter. <laughs> that's his that's nature. <laughs> so uh william sees a snow globe and buys it for his daughter's birthday basically that's that's a present he's going to give her or whatnot so he buys the snow globe it's obviously important to him and that obviously factors in it a little bit and the uh, song so is that, also like, london bridge is falling down it is yeah 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 yep well, so you, another tie-in what's that like the fourth tie-in mm-hmm. something like that anyway and as Kevin said, the guy gets arrested across the street. he looks at William as he's buying it and he says looks right they look directly at each other he says, "Don't forget me." yeah All right now it goes back to Liz. The cops leave because they don't think he's going to come back. they say more than likely he's not coming they call back if there's a problem." So the cops just leave fucking they're like, whatever there's nothing going to happen. we've been here for hours, you know for a few hours And then uh, back to William. On, the, on a pay phone again. He's trying yeah. to call and gets a busy signal. Does anybody remember the, the prick outside the fucking phone booth or what? Oh, uh,
1: that's probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie, not gonna lie. <laughs> then take it, man. Do it, bro. <laughs> so he, he comes out and steps out of the phone booth and it's just like typical douchey assholes like just giving him a ration of shit for, hey, we well, fucking asshole. People are at like people who use the phone and, and he just turns around, pulls out the Uzi, blows the fucking whole phone booth away. He says, sorry, I think it's out of order or something like
0: that. He just fucking does not give a fuck. (laughs) Yeah, and and the funny part is he's like other people. And there's like just that one guy yelling at him. There's nobody else waiting for the phone. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah, because that's what he says. He's like other people like and he looks confused. But the best part, uh, did anybody notice what was in the background? I can't think off head.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I was it Grandmaster Flex?
0: No, no, it was Sir Mix a lot. Oh, no, yeah.
2: And it oh, was, was uh, cool. for this.
0: Do you guys remember the song Baby Got Back?
2: Oh, yeah, hell yeah. It was a giant ass
0: track, right? it was a giant, yeah, was a giant fucking inflatable ass. <laughs> <laughs> I did not catch that. How did I miss yeah. that?
1: I don't know. Just dude. Honestly.
0: Fast right. forward to that part when we do- we're we done with the podcast, and it's the fucking funniest thing. It's an ass, and on the top of the ass, almost almost tramp stampish, I guess. It says Sir Mix a Lot, and it says Baby Got Back on it. Yeah. So obviously, that's probably about <laughs> when that song was big or whatnot. Oh, that, that is gold. Yeah, there's a few things I noticed uh, at a later scene, too. There's a Pink Speedo incident, but uh, we'll get to that later.
2: <laughs> yeah. Did I make up Grandmaster Flex? Is that even a real fucking artist?
0: <laughs> uh, Grandmaster Flash. Oh, I was close, uh, but that's from like movie. like the early '80s. Yeah, that's that they considered. I think it's like the first rap song or something like that. Anyway, I think He's, they did yeah. the did the hip hop. No, no, that was it. Though, but anyway, he was he old. Maybe it is them. I don't even fucking know, dude. Wow, I don't even know why I know that. Yeah, well, but it's, it's the first hip hop song. It is. It's a gl- Grandmaster Flash of the Furious Five. Hmm. That's what it was. That it's considered Kev, widely the first hip hop song.
1: Kev, there is a funk funk master flex though.
0: He's an American yeah.
1: DJ. Mhm. Huh. You're, yeah, you're very, too, yep. You're up on your um DJ rap, I don't know if you even call that. Whoa. he does
0: he does beats for people. I actually used to have a few funk flex albums. He does beats for people and people rap over him.
1: Uh, okay. So that's why he says DJ. Okay.
0: An American mm-hmm. DJ. So he throws yep. down the hot beats and they just yep, wrap yep. over he, he, He's a big New York guy. Um, and we don't New have York to talk about it. I know you guys don't know. I, I can go on about this. Uh, I know a lot about that shit. So. D-Nice. <laughs> yeah, D-Nice does too. If she was on the podcast, uh, this would be like a 20-minute break on hip-hop and you guys would be sitting there with your thumbs up your asses. Oh, fucking. Yeah. i am like, can we talk about Snoop Dogg? <laughs> <laughs> Please. Onyx. Right. Like the two songs I know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh back to the movie for a second uh sandra calls uh pendergrass and tells him white shirt and tie no baseball bat but he had guns his wife is also on the phone on the other end giving him shit talking about the cat fucking cutting her is that that part I, I even forget but but mr peepers is doing okay and she's and she's happy at first but then she gets upset and you could tell she's definitely got some some sort of, like, maybe, I don't know, thyroid problems or... I do I would know, say something.
1: she's, like, she's like straight-up bipolar. Before bipolar was really, like, you know, a thing that they were able to control with medicine. Like, she's just mm-hmm. happy, crazy, crazy,
0: you know, sad. It's just... Oh,
2: man. Man. I'm just hoping somebody goes falling down on this lady.
0: Yeah, 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 <laughs> man. And, and, you know, she eventually gets the wrath of uh, Mr. Pendergrass, Detective Pendergrass. So he basically tells Sandra to be careful with the guy because he he feels like he's very dangerous. He's obviously, you know, been involved. He's got guns now and, you know, an obvious statement, I guess. So, uh, you know, going back to the hole in the shoe. Now, this part, I I wish I can uh, be, you know, a little more open. I can't be. This part is very, you know, racist and homophobic. So I'm not going to use the words. Uh, And you guys know what I'm talking about. He needs shoes. So he finds an uh, army surplus store. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the the shop clerk is listening to a scanner, uh, police scanner. Sees William and immediately puts it together. He's like, "I think this is the guy." And you could tell, you can see his fucking eyes. So he introduces himself. His name is Nick. And uh, you know, William defends tells him uh, he's looking for some boots and says, uh, and then he points at some shoes. He's like, "These ones are top of the line, but I think they're for pussies," and the derogatory word for a gay person. That starts with an f. There's two guys in the store. They're obviously gay. So they look at him all you know offended. Um and then the, he then he talks about the uh, Vietnam boots and they're good for stomping. Could I I don't know this one I could probably say, but I'll just say the q the derogatory word for homosexuals.
2: So <laughs> 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 the, guy, I mean, the guy's obviously, I mean, one, he looked like he was, he'd be ex-military. I'm not even sure if he actually is, but he looks like he would be, I mean, working in that store. Uh, and he he's obviously pretty much just a fucking skinhead. I mean, call it, what yeah, it is, yeah. an obvious Dude.
0: skinhead. Uh, so the, the gay guy, one of the gay guys asks, what's his problem? Nick says it's his uh, shop and he reserves the right to boot them pretty much uh the guy's like make me, and uh so Nick pulls out a little gun, and then they knock over the they they you know the other one convinces him, let's get out of here and he knocks over the sunglasses, and then he proceeds to call him fucking you know derogatory word the he that, that.
2: He, well he calls him a the the guy knocks over the sunglass counter uh, case and calls him a fascist
0: <laughs> that's true yeah 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 yeah, and uh that's when he goes off about um something in, in the pumpkins, or I can't remember what he says, and then how about those muff divers, too? Think Hold about up.
1: it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> think about it. So this guy, at the end of everything, says, think about it. So, like, every scene, like, he, when he has the words of his words of wisdom, even though he's a fucking complete asshole, um, he, he says, think about it at the end of everything. <laughs> I didn't write down everything about it, so just, just, if you guys watch it, keep an eye out for that. Um, let me see. So uh, William pulls, uh, you know, sees some uh, cops pull up. Sandra is one of them. Uh, and at the same time, Pendergrass is talking to Angie at the hospital and asks how many guns were in the bag. She says lots of guns. They have, what did she say? She They have all the guns in the world. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So Sandra walks into the store. She's looking for a man who describes William to Nick, the Army Surplus Store. He says he hasn't seen him. She leaves. He locks the door behind him, and Williams like, "What the fuck do you do that for? You know, why are you why are you sticking up for me, pretty much." And he says, "You're that we're the same, you and I," and basically. And then he takes him to the back. And now this part, if you want, to, anybody wants to take it and describe the room, it's uh, fucking insane.
1: Yeah, so it looks like something out of it just. You almost have to see it to believe it. it's like dark. It looks like just like a dingy basement, even though it's a back room, but it's just covered with like just swastikas. There's like a fucking Nazi, like Santa. There's like, uh, he ends up like, he gives him a can of fucking Zyklon B, and he's like, yeah, I wonder how many, I can't say the word, but you know, this killed, you know? And you can just tell the dude's just fucking tapped. It's just dark, dingy, gross, and fucking disturbing, like something right out of like
0: Texas Chainsaw. Uh. Mm hmm. Did you notice anything else, Kevin? Like other Nazi stuff in there?
2: Um, I mean, aside from the flag, um, I think he had it. I mean, he he definitely had some World War One and World War Two
0: memorabilia. Yeah, they couldn't think but of yeah, anything. Yeah, he, he, he had like these Nazi books, like uniforms, like he oh, shared, yeah. Uh, about, you know. was it,
2: what was it about like the SS girls? It looked
0: like it was like a dirty <laughs> bag or something. It was like a porn magazine. Yeah, it was something like that. Like that. I. I, I yeah, I didn't write the title down, but it was like a nude woman with like an SS thing going on. But yeah, anyway, fucking insane, dude. And he, so you know, Williams now dealing with a guy that's probably crazier than him. You know, <laughs> like you know, yeah. it's fucking you know, fascist. He doesn't like anybody, man. He, you know, I mean? and even it, when the with. When Sandra came in, he was offending her by, by by disparaging female cops, you know?
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. But the best part about this was this is where you got to see. So you go from that first scene in the Korean store to this now, and you're like, oh, this dude's just a racist who's going around causing trouble for all, all sorts of people of color. And then all of a sudden, he comes to the store where he, the he's with the Nazi racist, the skinhead, who's like, yeah, we're you and I the same. We're the same. We're the same. We're the same. He keeps repeating himself. We're the same. We're the same. We're the same. And Michael Douglas is just like, the fuck we are, dude. I am nothing like you, you psychotic prick.
0: Yeah, he says, I'm an American, you're a sick fuck. That's what he says. Yeah. You're
2: like, whoa, yeah. okay. So that's a twist because up to this point, again, uh, you know, one would think based off of his actions that he would be in line with the same as today's culture, they would call it alt right or whatever the fuck. So, you know, you're like, okay. So they obviously um have different views on things. So it's it's still it's just interesting because the writers really wanted to throw you off from the start, which which is awesome.
1: And 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 Nick actually he's um you know, he heard that he went to the Wally Burger and shot it up basically. And he, he mentions that too, and he's like he's like, you know, in the commercials is all these like pretty white people, but you go in there, it's all N words, you know? Yeah you can tell mm-hmm. So he thinks that he shot it up because of that. It's like, no, he just wanted breakfast and it just, you know, it it escalated. Once again, like Kevin said, it's like nothing necessarily to do with race. He's just basically a straight up misanthrope. Just hates fucking everyone, you know, Mm -hmm. in society. Not, you know, no specific race, gender, creed, or whatever. He's just sick of it. Yep. Go
2: ahead. Stereotypes. The movie is completely based on, on, you know, debunking stereotypes from the start. Right.
0: So, uh, yeah, so him calling him a sick fuck leads to Nick pulling a gun on him, holding him at gunpoint. He goes through William's gun bag, finds the snow globe. You know, looking at guns, whatever. He finds a snow globe, and uh, he says, what the fuck is this? Again, homophobic word, shit. (laughs) (laughs) And he smashes the snow globe, and then he fucking loses it. He screams. And whatever. And uh, anyway, he's like leaning forward. He tells him to put his hand back. And, you know, he's like, I can't because of gravity. You'd fall forward. So Nick just kind of kicks his leg out. And he goes to cuff him again. Uh, But he didn't search him. He had no idea he had the butterfly knife on him. And so he turns around and he stabs the dude right in the shoulder. Like into the shoulder. Like from the top. Like straight in. And uh, he ends up picking the gun. And basically shooting him a couple times, three times, or whatever it was. And kills the dude. Kills the dude. And then I, I, if I remember right, that might be the part with the knife where he's trying to do the trick like the gang member did when he first pulled it. And he's like, how do they do that? Yeah, was that that scene? It might be. I know it happens. I didn't write it down. It, but it's it, somewhere when, when it comes up. So well, it well, might that, be there. I think might been. Somewhere. I
1: think that was actually when he first picked it up.
0: Oh, okay, okay. But, but that was funny anyway, regardless. But,
1: okay. yeah, no, yeah, I know. I wish I kind of, I wish I wrote down a bit more of the, you know, once you realize, not like I said, it's not a comedy, but, like, there is a lot of comedic parts, but, and then you get Nick who just got stabbed, and he takes it out of his shoulder, and he's like, hey, this isn't one of
0: mine. It's like, mm-hmm. that's what's going through your fucking sick head. <laughs> oh, and I forgot to mention, I actually did write this down, but I skipped over because I was just ranting, not off the notes, just remembering, but uh, Nick also was offering him like, a, what is it, like a rocket launcher bazooka, something like that, giving it to him as a gift.
1: Oh, yeah. Yep.
0: So anyway, after all that went down, he he takes the bazooka with him. So now yep he has graded. a bazooka. <laughs> yep. He upgrades yet again. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> a little bat, you know, fucking, he's doing Okay. Yeah, and then, uh, again, Pendergrass back at the office explaining about the gym bag with the guns. Again, nobody taking him seriously. The uh, captain fucking pulls out a a gym bag. He's like, so am I a suspect? And everybody starts laughing again and fucking feel bad again for Mr. Robert Duvall, Mr. Detective uh, Pendergrass. So the uh, captain basically tells him, the nice talk earlier is because he had to do it. And then he never likes him. And this is... I found funny. He's like, you know, I don't like you. You know why I don't like you? Because you don't curse. Not a fuck or a shit ever out of your mouth or whatever, pretty much. And uh, basically tells him to get back behind his desk. You know, you know, stop trying to be a fucking detective.
1: <laughs> I'm you glad know. you mentioned that part, too, because
0: that actually plays in later on, too. It does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's why, I, you know, honestly, it was funny because I was like, I don't want to write down every scene in this, in this movie, but they all really tie in well together. So you kind of have to, you know, kind of really go through everything because the phone calls are important because they lead up to something, you know, the wife interactions relatively important. I mean, that's probably a part. It probably could have cut out to an extent, but that's a big part of the movie. So I guess not. Right. Well, th- yeah,
1: this kind of movie, it's, like, accumulative. So each scene definitely plays on, plays on. Where some movies that we do, with the horror. It's like, okay, they all ran to this room. Then they all ran to that room. And then he got killed, mm-hmm. you know. But, but you're right. This is, if you miss a step, you're going to be like, whoa, what what the fuck, you know. So, no, you're doing a great job on this, Marco. This was kind of a tough one. There's a lot going on.
0: It is, yeah. <laughs> it really is, dude. Uh, Sandra, uh, then when when that's all done, he's upset. Sandra tells him about the phone booth and uh the description yet again, you know, pinpoints the location. So now he knows another step in the path of what this guy's doing. Um and then he tells uh, this is where he goes off about his wife how, you know, the reason, you know, he you know, something about like one time he came home, uh she thought he was a ghost and and he had to chase her around the house to calm her down or something like that.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So at that point, Sandra is realizing that Pendergrass is on to something. So she's like, fuck it. They partner up. You know, I don't care about my partner anymore. I'm partnering up with you. We're going to solve this case. Uh, William calls Liz again. She answers, and he asks who she was talking to a while ago. Because, you know, if you remember, before the phone booth scene got shot up, there was a busy signal. She says, you're just trying to scare me. And what he says is, am I succeeding? So he basically tells her uh, he's coming whether she likes it or not. He says they reached the, the point of no return. And I, I like how he uses, like, the astronaut reference, like, about some space mission.
1: Oh, yeah, when when they, they're going around the moon. And he's like, yeah. they, there was a problem, but they reached the point of no return, which means, you know, it's easier to, you know, you basically have to, not start over, but, like, it's, it's just as close to get to the end than it is to go back to the beginning. And you have to, like, mm-hmm. he makes this analogy of kind of a space mission that had a problem. They had to loop around the moon, and they lost contact for, like, an hours. And then he was just the way to see if they were to come around. So he compares himself to this space mission, and basically him coming around the corner like a, a dead astronauts in, like, a can, he says, or something like that.
0: Something like that, yeah. But I, I love that analogy that he uses. You know, I and you can tell he's a really fucking smart guy, the way he talks. And then he says probably the craziest thing. He says, you know, one of the craziest things. I'd say it's top two or three that he says in the movie. But uh, he says to her, in some countries, it's still legal to kill your wife if she insults you. Oh, I forgot and then, about that. Yep. Yeah, and then on the other end, she looks fucking terrified. Terrified, man. And Barbara Hershey, I actually don't know much about her. I know the name, and uh, and I'm sure she's been in a lot of stuff. But I know she's supposed to be a really good actress, and you can see it in this movie in her facial expression. She 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 just knows she's got good faces uh, for for you know whatever the situation is. Yeah, she's uh, a she's... bunch of stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, say, oh, she... I'm sure, dude. Like
1: Black Swan, uh, Insidious, uh, Falling Down, obviously Paradise Lost, X
0: Files. Wow. I'm sure it
1: goes goes deeper and deeper.
0: Yeah, I think she's the grandmother in his, Insidious because she'd be in their 70s about right now. She's like the grandmother of the little kid in the first one. I think that's who she is, yeah. Yes, I, I think you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's been a, a little bit
1: of everything, so.
0: Cool. Pretty uh, well so she said she's Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, she's gorgeous. She says the uh, police are there, and then he tells them to put, put him on the phone. She just hangs up because she's obviously lying. Uh, and then they go back to Mr. Lee's store, to start the investigation where it started pretty much he realizes it, and, and i forgot to mention at the beginning of the movie too when it shows robert dubal for the first time he's looking at a billboard of like hawaiian tropic and there's like a little thing popping up between like the model's boobs saying something i can't remember i wish i wrote it down does anybody remember what it said I, on that billboard
1: I, I think it just said hello or help oh yeah yeah, it <laughs> popping out of- What's yeah it
0: that, just kind- Kevin? Yeah, it was
2: it was help, because it, it it just triggered his memory from when he was in traffic.
0: Right, right. So he, uh, he started to put things together. He realizes they're in the same fucking point, pretty much, of where the car was stopped. He runs up there, and Sandra says, oh, if you have to take a leak, I'm sure he'll let you use the bathroom. <laughs> 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 he looks. He sees the fucking construction sign that was there, the orange barrels. I think you can even see the car. I didn't notice, but I think you can see the car still there. Yeah, yeah you can and- all right. Okay, I'm sorry. What was that, uh, Kevin?
2: I said you can see the car. Okay, cool.
1: It actually I shows license
0: plate too. Again, it does. But that I think is obviously from his memory. I mean, it just it shows his body and everything in that that, that thing. But it does. It shows defense, and then he comes out screaming, "Defense, defense!" <laughs> can I, can I just say one thing about the scene
1: when he runs up ahead. the hill? I'm like, this dude's going to be in his like probably 60s, early 70s, running up the hill, and he gets to the top. And he wasn't even out of breath, and I'm like, man, I need to start working out more. I need to start doing more cardio, because this mm-hmm. old guy, obviously, he didn't just run up the hill in that scene, like, in real life, but I'm like, if, if,
0: ah, uh, that's all. Yeah, he he's actually 89 <laughs> in real life. I looked this up earlier, so he would have been, uh, this movie came out, oh, what, 26 years ago? Am I doing the math right? Yeah. Um, 27 20, years ago? 27, Yeah. Man, so what would that make him, 62 in this movie or so? Maybe 60, 60 when he shot it, 61? Shit, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the motherfucker is still making movies. He's got a movie coming out this year. long live Duvall, man. Eastern. Yeah, he's awesome, man. I, he's had some iconic roles, man. I mean, he's uh, for some reason I can't place the name, but Tom whatever, the consigliere in the Godfather series. So <laughs> Tom Hagen? You know Hagen, thank you, thank Tom you. Hagen. I knew it started with an H, but I couldn't remember. Tom Hagen, yeah.
1: Yeah, dude, he was what was he else an Apocalypse <laughs> Now? I remember it being a big one.
0: Yeah, Apocalypse Now. I mean, I I got it right here. If you give me a second, I can look it up. He, and...
1: he did like every cowboy and cop movie too in the past fucking
0: 30 years. Yeah, he did uh, let's see, The Godfathers. And then he started out, yeah, like uh with he was in Gone at Sixty Seconds. Oh, like, he was like the that. Sheriff! You're right. Yeah. Days of Thunder. He was in Newsies, if you remember that movie. It was like um what do you call it? Uh, a musical, uh, and then uh, Colors with uh, Sean Penn, which is also an LA gang movie. Is so, that the one of Whoopi a little... Goldberg? Peas? No, that's the color purple. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I got I got the I got the color part right. <laughs> he was in the movie The Natural with the Robert Redford. So yeah, I mean the dude. He, we can go on and on, but he's he's been in so much shit. Oh, another one that was interesting. He was in the '78 version of Invaded Invasion of the. Uh, Body snatchers. But I think he played a small role because he's uncredited. But anyway, I could go on and on. In early in his career, he did do uh, some westerns. So uh, it goes back to Liz again, and, and it just shows the cops pull up. Not, not really a long scene. Uh, you just see a female cop pop out of the uh, car. And so she obviously called the cops again after being threatened. To, you know, basically the guy fucking says he can be killed in other countries. She could be killed in other countries. So yet again, we walk upon another traffic jam. Uh Willie, back to William. And people are honking, honking, yelling, yelling, and there's this one guy just screaming and, and, and I didn't write again, didn't write down what he said, but something to the effect of something you he's starting to say bitch. And then you see Michael Douglas just punch him in the face. <laughs> right in the punch car. Right? In the face. Yeah, he's in the car. And then uh and then Michael Douglas is not wearing the same shit anymore. Now he's in like black like G.I. Joe. They describe him as a G.I. Joe outfit. You know, with these these combat boots, and now he's looking very, very, very militant. And does everybody remember this scene with the the bazooka? Where that comes into play? Oh, awesome scene! If you want to take it, man, I feel I feel free, dude. Um, I'll i I'll, I'll, I'll take
1: a stab at it and just kind of uh, hop in with some details if I miss. So he kind of show. Well, first he walks up and he's convinced that they're not. There's nothing wrong with the road. He's absolutely convinced. So he. There's this guy, this redneck guy, just sitting there watching the hole, and he's like, what's wrong with the road? And he's like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. They don't tell me anything. And he's like, what's wrong with the road? And he's like, I think it's a sore problem. And he's like, I think there's nothing wrong with the road. And, it's, and he goes into the hole, like Marcus said. He's a very smart guy. So he goes into the hole. You know, I, I think it's like a fiscal, like a, like a budgeting thing. If you don't use the money now, you're going to lose it next year, and there's nothing wrong with the road. You're just keeping us in traffic for no reason. So he – uh he basically gets into to admit that there's nothing wrong with the road, and they're just fucking wasting everybody's time. So, he uh, he pulls out this bazooka, and uh, a, a bunch of kids start gathering around him, thinking it's like uh, like a movie shoot, you know. And the little one of the, this little boy on a bike ends up kind of basically telling him how to set this thing up and how to shoot it. Is the yeah, guy that, quick, are you gonna pull real- that out?
0: Yeah, real quick, Doug. But he asked, what's the movie called? And, and, and Michael Douglas is thinking about it. William's thinking about it. And he's like, Under Construction. He's like, you like that title? He's like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's,
1: <laughs> dude, That the kid on the bike cracked me up, man. He almost reminded me of, like the kid from Michael Myers. He's just like this
0: like little sassy uh, kid. You know who he, he reminded me of was the kid from The People Under the Stairs. I wonder if it's him. Oh, it very well could have been. What's yeah, I, I, I think it may have been Fool. Uh, I could be wrong, though, but he looks very similar to Fool from people under the stairs.
1: Uh, if you want to keep taking this, Mark, well, I'll look it up, see if I can find it.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And uh, basically, yeah, so now that what Doug was saying, he, he has the uh, bazooka, and he's like, how do I use this thing? He's like, oh, you got to lift this up and whatever. And then eventually it gets to, oh, you just got to hit the trigger. You point, and it sure you're pointing before you shoot. <laughs> so yet another sensitive trigger, he, he fucking has it pointed down, and he, he hits it, and it goes into this little, little like, fucking hole, the hole in the ground that, you know, the guy was sitting, protecting people from falling in, or whatever he said. And, uh, yeah, so it, it doesn't go off right away, so they think it's a dud, and then all of a sudden, fucking explosion. See people running, water coming from the ground, and, and he just created more chaos. He fucked the street up, is what he did. Yeah, damn the man. You know, it, that, that, that <laughs> whole
1: scene when he's like, uh, it reminds me of Tucker and Dale Evil when he's like, you're g- going to take the safety off on the side there, and he blows his head off.
0: Right, right, right. He's like, oh. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh. It's freaking crazy, man. And then uh, it jumps back to Sandra and Pendergrass, because they got the license plate, so they got his address. They track down his mom. His mom's, you know, very uninviting. But Pendergrass is a smooth talker. He does it with his wife, too. He sees these little figures of animals, and he starts going over. And he asks about a giraffe, and she's like, it's a giraffe drinking. And then, oh, what's your favorite one? So it calms her down. It gets her to talk. They, She lets him in there in his room. They they look around. And this is where they find out that he, um, you know, I actually don't know if it was this part or when they go back to it.
1: When they go back okay, to you know, it. When,
0: it's when they go back to it. Yeah, you're right. I got it right here. I just had to look ahead. But uh, anyway, uh, so back to William. And he's just trying to get there as quick as possible. So there's a country club, uh, fence, golf club, golf course. And uh, so he decides to jump the fence and cut through because, it, you know, a lot quicker probably to get through. And uh, these two guys are golfing. And the guy's like, what are you, do? you know, yelling about – he's not a groundskeeper. He's not in uniform or whatever. And he's like, what are you doing crossing through my – my golf course. The guy's acting like it's his golf course and whatnot. And uh, so he's like, I'm just passing through. He's like, who said you could play through? And then he's like, Frank, Frank, the other old guy's like, I think he just said he's passing through. Just let him. I don't like the look of the guy. He's like, no, this is my ball golf course. I pay for it. Anyway, the guy's an entitled piece of shit, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. He's an asshole. So uh, he's like, oh, he doesn't like it. He's going to like my title list or whatever he says. So he puts a golf ball down. And he fucking whizzes it right at...
2: It has come, for right, fair What
0: was that? What was that?
2: It was a text message.
0: Oh, okay. I thought it was Hitler. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> he hits the cough ball, and it whizzes right across fucking, uh, you know, William's head. And then, yeah, as soon as that happens, he falls to the ground. He comes up with a shotgun. And, uh... You know, he talks about how you know this this place is uh, it should be like a place for picnics, families, like petting zoos and and whatever, not for your st- stupid game. I think is what he says. And uh, he ends up shooting the golf cart. It rolls down the hill, and then the golfer drops, holding his chest, and basically says, "I need my pills. They're on the cart." And the cart's rolling into water and shit. And, and you know what <laughs> impressed me, though, was the other old guy. Man, he moved pretty good for a fucking really old guy. You notice how <laughs> fast he got down <laughs> that hill? He definitely yeah. did. <laughs> like yeah. Half a I mile depressed. away. I literally had to rewind that three times just to watch him run away, man. It was, it was pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> and, and then it, this is the part I love, too. He's like, and then even though it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like dark humor to me, he's like, don't you wish you'd just let me pass through? Now you're going to die. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> says, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Let me let me do that again because I fucked up because it went into the next page. It says, don't you just wish you let me pass through? And now you're going to die wearing that stupid hat. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, that's what he what says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then it cuts back to the mother. They're interviewing the mother again and, uh, you know, Pendergrass and Sandra. And uh, they find out he worked for the defense department. <laughs> The mother also expresses fear, saying, "When he eats, sometimes he just stares at her and, and doesn't say anything." And and she's actually, you know, fi- you figure out that he's just kind of a scary dude, man. He's just he's got something going on, even with his mom. Yeah, his he's mom just intense. is intense. Yeah,
1: yeah. She's saying how like he'll just look at me, and and, and I, I'm just so uncomfortable. I don't want to choke. I spit my food out. I think he's gonna hit me.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, and she tells him also he blames her for the breakup of him and his wife. Yes, and then uh, they get a call or or something, or Sandra walks in. That's what it is, and uh, you know she says, "Oh, he was fired over a month ago." And then the mother says, "Where is he? Where is he? Where has he been eating his lunch?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that explains like the briefcase with just a lunch in it, no no files, no paperwork, just a lunch in right. a briefcase. Yeah, and then, and it, yeah, this
2: point, you trying to Kevin. figure out, anyway, you're, like, waiting to figure out, like, so I was waiting for an explanation on, you know, his work story,
0: because you don't really know, you know, too much about it. Right, and then even if you go back to the Hill scene yet again, and I didn't mention it, but when he's looking through the hole in his shoe, he rips up a newspaper, it's a classified section with stuff circled, if you noticed. Oh, um, that's right. right. Okay. Yeah, so he's, you could tell he's obviously, like, from there, that's where I thought of it. I'm like, oh, shit, he was looking for a job. I didn't put two and two together when I first saw that. Anyway, uh, back to William. He jumps a fence out, right outside the country club. And uh, he, he's bitching about the far the barbed wire cutting his hand. It's, it's <laughs> you know, his hand's bleeding or whatever. And he starts yelling at this family just having a barbecue. They think he's actually a security guard. Uh, then he says, no, I'm not. And then his wife, you know, the dude's wife was like, uh, you know, started looking real panicked. You hear the sirens and yelling in the background, obviously tending to the guy having the heart attack or whatnot. So he takes a little girl by the hand and runs for cover with his bloody hand, by the way. Uh, he goes on to say he lost his job or it lost him. And this is where you kind of have a feel bad moment for him. You know, like he, this is where you start feeling for him a little bit. And, he goes off about how he go ahead Doug, Doug this is what uh, we were talking about I remember
1: okay, yeah, so the, so he's just basically just kind of spilling his guts to this poor caretaker and his wife and the kids and and he just kind of he, he starts talking about like um how he worked for like the defense, right and he basically like mm-hmm. he wasn't good enough anymore, he was too smart and underpaid and undereducated and this and that, and then he was not he felt he was not economically viable, he says there it he, is. <laughs> so you know it's it's true it's just the more you watch this movie it's amazing how they they definitely tied all these little things together and you don't catch it the first time you know and like mm-hmm. the next time like, oh okay it's reoccurring i you know but so you're right you have this you have this moment here of like clarity that he's just you you just see him for who he is he's just kind of having some some shit luck and he just wants to see her his kid on her birthday and you know he's just pouring mm-hmm. his heart out to these poor folks
0: Yeah, and they're obviously scared because they're holding their little girl, which probably is like five years old or maybe not even, by the hand. And then uh, that's when he looks down. He notices the blood. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. I didn't mean to hurt you. And even the dad says, her dad says, I mean, that's your blood, man. You know, whatever. Which would worry me if somebody got blood all over my my daughter.
1: (laughs) Oh, especially (laughs) during like the
0: AIDS epidemic? Oh, yeah. And that's when it was in full full (laughs) effect. Fuck yeah. So, yeah, uh, before that, I just want to comment that uh, he finds out it's a massive fucking house. And uh, before that that even happens, uh, he does, you know, because he feels like his job is important. And he's like, oh, what kind of doctor? Is it a plastic surgeon? And he's like, plastic plastic surgery buys you this. And this house must be like a $10 million home. It's fucking massive absolutely yeah, massive right outside a fucking golf course but anyway the the, the husband or, or the father or whatever you want to call him offers him up self up as pretty much a hostage i mean he doesn't say it that way but he says take me or whatever and basically for the safety of his family and uh william expresses he doesn't want to hurt his family and he has one too saying he's going home for his girl's birthday <laughs> so his mission is still intact unwavering Unwavering man, and then it goes back. Uh, another quick scene, with Liz, and it shows the cops leaving yet again, saying, "Yeah, yeah, it doesn't take six hours to drive from Pasadena to Venice." That's what she says, and so the cops leave yet again, not taking Liz seriously on how crazy this guy is. So uh, it goes back to Pendergrass. Sandra, I'm almost done, dude. We're we're getting to the we're getting to the fucking nitty gritty. And the, there's but, one uh, little
1: side one little side scene when. When they show the mom and the daughter, and she's very, you know, the daughter's very, hey, when can we make the strawberry cake? And then she got a new toy, and they show the mom, like, filling up a little blue water gun, and she's very happy to have it with the little girl.
0: That's right, yeah, yeah. That actually comes into play later, too. Good catch. Uh, good catch.
1: Just that way later on.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, so uh, it goes back to Sandra and Pettigrass, uh trying to find his wife's address, basically, and looking up names and shit, and... You know, so then she find, tells him about the Army-Navy store, like that the guy was murdered. and Or, or I forget what, what exactly happened, but they found himself in a case. And she's like, I was there. And uh, whatever, he was an asshole. Oh, that's what it was. She says she was there, and he tells her he was murdered. <laughs> uh-huh. And yeah, stuffed in a case and all that shit. And then it goes to the final phone call. So no more phone calls. This is the last one. Uh, he's basically telling her how the neighborhood has changed. Like, the ice cream place is different. Something about a, a horse or something. I can't remember. And uh, she fucking knows he's right around the corner. So, so she hangs up and gets her daughter and clears the fuck out, man. And then you see William just running towards the house. He goes in the front. As soon as he goes in the front, they come out the side. And it's it's such good timing.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, it's a knuckle bite. Uh, white knuckle ride, for sure.
0: Yeah. And then again, uh, goes back to Pentagras. He connects him to the golfer now, and then uh, Sandra finds Liz's address. And then he's following the map, and he's like, "Let me guess, Venice." And he saw where he was going, so and, which I thought was cool, man. And uh, you know, because Pentagrass is a good detective, you can tell. You can tell. Cuts back to Willie now in the house. Now th- this is the part that kind of I didn't like about the movie. Uh, is kind of the end. I mean, I think the end is powerful in a way, but I found some flaws in it and shit. I, I thought it was a little off. And uh, but it he's watching sense. home movies, huh?
1: Uh, sorry, sorry. I just had more. In like, in what way do you think it was off? But we can go. No,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna get to it, but I'm prefacing it like so. He he's there watching like home movies, and they have so much time to get away. You know, the phone rings. Like he's he's not answering the phone. It's it's pendant grass basically trying to get in touch with Liz to tell her you know that the dude's coming they try getting the police over. Pendergrass and her try getting the police over, but they refuse to send people. This part bothered me in a way. Okay, so if two detectives are calling you saying, this guy's on a fucking warpath, right? And he's headed for that house, even though they went there twice. She's been calling worried about it all day. Why wouldn't you send cops? Like, would do you think that would be priority? Like, that that seems flawed to me, that one part.
1: Send more
0: cops. Right, but do you see what I'm saying, though? Like, you're on the yeah. that department. It's like, dude, this guy has been fucking using bazookas, killing people, fucking... This is the guy you're seeing on the news. I, I think they're just so naive. They
1: don't even... They, they don't really give a shit about Pendergraft, no matter what he has to say, you know? Especially on his last day. But I, I mean... Guess, the, but it's a, go the ahead. Woman, the woman does say something the last time they... I think it was the third time they come, and the woman... She says something about uh Next time it comes up to vote, you know, vote yes on, you know, having more patrolmen. Basically, like we can't right. keep wasting our time here. Like, yeah, especially when he's never actually hit you. You, you just. But but you're right. You you think, you think that would be like okay? Well, obviously this dude's a psycho. We know where he's going. Like this mm-hmm. lady's been right all along today, and it's gonna happen. But you're right. I, that that was a little bit. You know, they
0: should have just say yeah, vote. but. And it's two detectives from like another district, you know. So you would you'd, you'd listen to the man. That shit bothered me a little bit. Um, and then the crazy ass wife calls again. She's 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 the usual, like you know, she's good, she's bad, she's good, she's bad. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's the time she he tells her to shut up. That's enough and put skin on the fucking chicken. God yeah,
1: leave the skin on the chicken.
0: Yeah, because like, earlier scene she actually calls him and gives him a shopping list and tells him skinless chicken. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You pick it up. I've been busy planning your retirement and playing with cats' assholes.
1: Yeah, yeah DeVol's kind of sexy, uh, sexy
0: when he's angry, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is, man. And as they're leaving to go to Liz's house, a surprise retirement party breaks out. Oh, and they God. unveil a stripper, Graham, the good old days. Because <laughs> that ain't happening in today's world. Oh, you know, fuck with men, no. men and women. Men and women working in the same office, you're not getting a stripogram. That would be like instant lawsuits and whatever.
1: Even <laughs> the women were
0: like, Yay, the
1: stripogram's here.
0: Oh, uh, you're right. Uh, anyway, they 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 basically say we gotta get out of here, that's about it. And uh, he's nope. like, Oh no, no, I know, okay. I know. You wanna okay. you, you wanna
1: take it? I was about to say go ahead. No, 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 you do it, you do it, you do it. I just didn't want to
0: get missed. Yeah, 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 he's, uh, uh, wait, a minute. and a cop asks, uh, what are you afraid of women, too? And then uh, Detective Douchebag says, you haven't met his wife? And Pendergrass is like, what'd you say? What'd you say? And he just goes over and fucking clocks that douche right in the face. And that, that was actually one of my happiest moments of the movie. Said, I hate that guy. I freaking hate that guy. Oh, yeah,
1: that, I think everybody,
0: even in the room, was like,
1: yes, finally.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like and a coming-of-age
1: movie for uh, Duvall. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Right. He, he just, he spent shit on all of a sudden, like it's his last hurrah. I can prove to everyone, like on his last day. And he gets to punch fucking doctor,
0: uh, not doctor, detective douchebag out. Awesome. Mm-hmm. It was excellent, dude. It was one of my favorite scenes of the movie. And then this is the part. Okay, so I maybe prefaced it a little too early on the part that bothered me. This is the part that really bothers me. Is uh, you know, is, was, It goes back to William watching more videos and then there's like a horse incident where he, he gets a little horse, like I think it's a toy horse, I, I don't remember. But he's talking about, you know, trying to get her on the horse. I paid for the goddamn horse. Put her on the horse, and his daughter's crying; she doesn't want to go on the horse. And that's, and then he starts looking all serious, like, "Wait a minute, maybe I am fucked up." That's what I got out of it, to an extent. I think he's starting to realize it, but he's still so crazy that you know he kind of forgets about it. And uh, yeah, and that's where you see his anger just fucking go off. the thing, but and then he sees another section of the video where it shows the pier. And he connects Uh, the dots that the pier is her favorite place in the world. So that's where she's going to be. This is where I got upset (laughs) at the movie. The one part I freaking really hate is if you're trying to escape the psychopath ex-husband of yours that you know (laughs) is capable of killing you, why would you run to a place that literally has an end? And you can't get off the fucking thing. And maybe she was thinking, maybe it's a public place, so maybe she was thinking, but don't you think you'd run to like a police station somewhere you could be safe? You you would or think something. so.
1: But it doesn't make for a good climactic ending, I guess.
0: But I you're guess right. That's, I guess that's what it is. But that, that part has bothered me since you know I was a kid. That, that's the one thing that's always bothered me about this movie. It's like the one little flaw in it that, that, uh, that I didn't enjoy. But I love the scene at the end, though, so it makes up for it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I I, I I agree with you, Marco.
0: Yeah, so anyway, uh, ba, 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 ba. they go to the house uh, after he sees the pair thing, like right as he sees the pair on the video, uh, Sandra and Pendergrass show up at the house. And I forgot to mention, but there's a scene earlier where he has to give up his gun because it's his last day. So he tells Sandra to go around the back. She goes around the back. He reaches for his holster and realizes he doesn't even have a gun. So as soon as he realizes that, he has a gunshot. Uh, he sneaks through the house trying to, like, stay low because he doesn't have a weapon. He comes back, and she got shot in, like, the hip side, whatever, the abdomen, but the side. Kidney or something. I don't know. Gut. Yeah, her gut. gut yeah, shot. She's holding her gut, gut shot. Cut. Yeah, but to the side. And uh, blah, 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 blah. he runs through. She says, go get the bastard. He's still dressed like G.I. Joe. So he basically runs after and I don't know how he knows he went to the pier either, but, you know, he, he figures it out apparently. Or maybe he sees him in the distance. I don't know. It just doesn't show that part. And uh, this is the part I actually did write it down here. The wife's battle plan pisses me off. <laughs> pier. <laughs> hot dogs. Ketchup. She's buying fucking hot dogs. And fucking, you know, I know she's trying to probably comfort her daughter and console her daughter or whatever, you know, because it's a birthday and she wants a party. But fucking buying hot dogs. God damn it. <laughs> He, uh, he, then calm me down. I guess, yeah, yeah. I ate a couple hot dogs today. Actually, for the first time since Kevin was here, one time we did a little barbecue, and I had like fourteen hot dogs. Actually, no, I'm sorry, I ate <laughs> hot dogs at a, at a Kevin's house too at a barbecue. That's right. Kevin, we did. We definitely ate too many fucking hot dogs. I just haven't heard your beautiful voice in a while, so I want to make sure you get involved a little bit. No, never, it, but uh you guys are on a roll. I thought I would I, – I told you, I try to interject less if
2: I can because if you're on a roll, it's pointless, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're, we're coming to the climax, so the end is near. I know we're running a little long. I know we've been trying to keep them a little lower. This one will probably be an hour and a half or so, but, we're, you know, it's a fucking good movie. I think it's worth talking about. But anyway, he uh, finds them, sees, sees her buying a fucking hot dog, and uh, he goes up to her and you know starts kissing her. She's very uncomfortable. Um, and she like pull it away from him so he pulls out his gun and he starts screaming everybody runs away hugs his daughter his wife tells him he needs help he's sick look around Uh, I'm sorry Uh, what's that say and then he said look around town and I'm sick so there you go there's him referencing all the shit he saw throughout the day and and, you know obviously leading up to that day and then uh, smoothly very smoothly Pendergrass says you ain't kidding and then he keeps talking, you know, talking about bullshit going on and whatnot, whatnot, whatnot. William tells him he's just trying to have a moment with his family. And then as as, as Pendergrass is still talking, he flashes his gun at, at Elizabeth so she knows he's, he's strapped. You know, he took the gun from um, Sandra, so he has a gun now. The, uh, he says that his daughter is beautiful. Then he talks about his daughter and how she died at two years old of infant death syndrome, and how she, you know, she even though she wasn't an infant, uh, there was some weird situation that, that had happened. Okay. And uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, William, for some reason, when he's down with his daughter, he puts down the gun for some reason, even though the guy's there. I think he, I think Duval just has like a, this calming thing about him. He seems to calm everybody down. And I, I think he kind of gets to, to, to William a little bit, don't you? Because he hands him the popcorn, I think, right? He,
1: he, hands, he hands the, the girl the
0: popcorn. Yeah, yeah. He, gives, and then he me, gives the girl the popcorn.
1: Okay, yeah. It's kind of, I forget what exactly happens, but he, at that same time, he kind of like, he does. You're right. He like, he's, feels calm and threat at the moment, so he puts the gun down to, to do something with his daughter.
0: Mm-hmm. And then Liz notices. She kicks the gun, and then she like kind of runs after where she kicked it. She picks it up and fucking throws it in the ocean. Uh, then pulls out his gun, tells William to freeze. And then, uh, you know, he, William basically says, I know what you're going with. I'm sorry. Pentagrass basically says, I know where you're going. You're going to kill your family, then kill yourself or whatever. He says something like that. And this is where, like, that moment and uh, you realize that William doesn't even know. He's like, I'm the bad guy? And he's looking confused. Like, you, you notice that, how, how he just didn't really even realize he was doing bad things throughout the day?
1: Yeah, like, it didn't click in his head until <laughs> someone straight up just told him, like, you're the bad guy.
0: Yeah, man. So, anyway, from that part, uh, it's pretty much the end. William tells tells him he has another gun on him. He asks if he wants to draw on, you know, he says on three. And then, um, I forget, Duvall's just screaming at him, uh, make the right choice. Or what was he say? Something like that. Well,
1: because anyway. well, he, he tells him... Um, He's like, you know, you don't want to watch your daughter grow up. And he, uh, William says, like, you know, um, you know, just shoot me now, kind of like, and my kid will get the insurance money. He's like, you don't want to see her grow up. He's like, from behind bars, I don't think so. So he, mm-hmm. he was, bas- he was basically there. He he knew he was gonna die there. You know, he right. So yeah, so they have a little standoff, and he says, like, let's have a draw. I'm gonna count to three, and he counts to three, goes for his pocket, and then. Like we are talking about earlier, he pulls up the little kitty water gun he had, and Pandergeist blows him away, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And what does uh, uh, William say as he's he's uh, dying? Do you remember? No. He said, I would have got you.
1: I would have got and you, he, that's it.
0: Yeah, and then he falls into the water and dies.
1: Like a 30-minute 30, 30 like fall-in-the-water dramatic scene over mm-hmm. the railing from
0: three angles. Floating yeah. bodies from like two yeah. angles. And yeah, mm-hmm. almost, uh, almost, almost one, one, one more, one more scene, pretty much, uh, maybe two more scenes, but it's quick. So he walks up on the captain now saying how, oh, Detective Pettigrass is responsible. And, and he, you know, the captain who basically told me and in like <laughs> fucking whatever, he's like, oh, here he is. And he's like, fuck you, captain. Fuck you very much. <laughs> right on TV, which was awesome. And the captain looked confused. The reporter was just like, "What the fuck just happened?"
1: Because the whole, you know, earlier he told them like, "I don't trust the guy who doesn't swear," and I think like Pander, whatever the fuck his name has got the, you know, the balls throughout the movie. And then he's like, "You know, I do swear. Fuck you, and I'm going to choose the right, like, mm-hmm. the perfect time to fucking t- basically tell you to fuck off." My wife, is awesome.
2: My wife is downstairs watching this, and she actually she texted me at eight sixteen, and she said, "Best line of this movie." Quote, Fuck you, Captain Yardley. Fuck you very much. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
0: So uh he you know, he actually makes a decision he's not gonna retire. And uh as he's comforting, you know, he's talking to the little girl and, and actually he talks to the mother first and she's like, uh, what do I tell her? He's like, Well, let her have her birthday and tell her tomorrow, you know. And, uh, and then he sits down with the little girl. They have a little conversation. And what's your name? Adele. He's like, oh, if I had a daughter named Adele. She's like, what's your name? My name is Bud because my wife's going to kill me or whatever. And then as that's going on, a cop walks by and it kind of follows him into the house. And, and the last scene you see in the movie is a home video of William slash defense slash Bill slash whatever you want to call him uh, basically being like an awesome dad. So it shows that he had good moments, too. So in the end, it kind of. Shows his good side, you know, which you see a few times throughout the movie. But I think it's a fitting ending to a guy that just lost his fucking mind that day, you know. Yeah, turns into a good movie. Yeah, and there was obviously, you know, through the wife's interactions throughout the movie, obviously it was leading up to him going crazy eventually, and he just snapped that day. That was it. He had a fucking enough of life, you know, and, and I don't think he cared if he lived or died. And uh, that's the movie, man. Fucking... Uh, want to go around the table here and see what you guys thought and if uh, we recommend.
1: Kev, was this your first time
0: seeing it?
2: No, I mean, I saw it when I was younger, uh, but completely forgot about it and probably wasn't old enough to really understand some of the subtext and just, you know, have a better understanding of, you know, the, the psychological aspects of the movie. So, I mean, now, yeah, I was, I was saying to Marco right when we jumped on Um, I'm probably going to buy it. You know, it's just, it's a movie that I would watch a lot because there's so much going on with these characters um, and you can really dive into, you know, their development and who they are as people and what's going on with them, you know, psychologically. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it's just, there's all sorts of things that you can miss too. I, like I, I never realized how many times London bridge is falling down was played or referenced. Just didn't catch that that many times. And then, like some of the other stuff you talk, you were talking about with like back, like banners in the background or things in the background. So again, I uh, just a fantastic movie. I I highly recommend it. It's it's great, really controversial. I don't think um, uh, some people today would be able to sit through it because I think they'd be too triggered. Uh, But that's just my point of view. I don't. I think unfortunately, um, I'm not sure that today's society could kind of handle the raw reality of, of this movie without kind of just like, uh, I don't know, blacklisting it for certain reasons.
1: Yeah, it's, <clears throat> I remember seeing it when I was, I don't know, when it first came out, maybe, I don't know, probably eight or nine. You know what I mean? We, me, me and Kevin in Lakeview, I think we've talked about it before, had the luxury of uh, a movie store being right down the street from us. And they were super cool and let us rent anything. I remember renting like Faces of Death at like fucking eight or nine. <laughs> but uh, but so you know, and you think it's a cool movie. This guy's going around just fucking shit up. It's kind of like an action movie, do you? When you're a kid, but then when you start to watch it as an adult, you just can kind of relate to him in certain little ways. Maybe not to, in such an extreme, but you can be like, yeah, I, like Marco's saying, I've gone to a fucking McDonald's and and wanted breakfast. You know, i was seen I pulled a newsie, you know, or I've been in the store and you didn't have enough change. These little things that you know it might not seem. That bad on any given day, but it's just like this day. It's like he just can't catch a break no matter where he goes.
2: They make him relatable, you know. It, they don't make him a complete, you know, uh whatever right wing Nazi. They don't make him a complete bigot. They don't make him. There's so many aspects of his character. Where you're like, oh, I hate this, but wait a minute, I kind of agree with him on this, and I can see his point on this thing. But then you realize, like, all right, well, he's a piece of shit husband. So uh, you, it just toys with your emotions. It, it, it kind of gives you that whole like, um, uh, uh, man, I'm trying to think back to my criminal justice days of, of having the, um, the syndrome basically where you would, uh, Stockholm syndrome, where you, you sympathize with the, um, the perpetrator, basically. And that's what it is. You kind of sympathize with him for that.
1: Yeah. So like you kind of, you root for him. Sometimes, then you're like, okay, that was a little bit much. And then you root for him again. And yeah, it's like you don't know if you love or hate the guy by the end, you know. You know, he's going to die, but you're just like, you know, he did what he had to do. And he, you know, he wasn't going to kill the cop. You know, he couldn't. So he just wanted to kind of end it, it seemed, in his own way.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, thank you guys. You guys took the pressure off me talking. I feel like I talk so much. But. <laughs> But uh, I just want to read this little interesting fact that I was just, I was just looking up while you guys were talking. And uh, it says Falling Down was actually released in theaters less than one year after the 90, 1992 L.A. riots. And then, tar- uh, and then the targeting of Korean-Americans and their businesses by rioters was a point of fact. So the Korean-American Coalition and Korean Grocers Association protested the film for its treatment of minorities, especially the Korean grocer. Warner Brothers Korea canceled the release of falling down in South Korea Korea following boycott threats. No so shit. it was banned in South Korea, pretty much, or pulled. And I guess it was very controversial in the Korean community, which I didn't know. Um, yeah.
2: For, you know, I mean, uh, I can go on. Yeah. You know just, what, though?
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, the, it, the, he kind of touches on almost every race, you know? So it's not like it's just... And you know, anti-Korean or whatever throughout the whole movie, he just like we were saying, it's there's no rhyme or reason. He just hates everybody, you know, whoever yeah, crosses his yeah. path. Like
2: that's the whole point. It's a movie. It's the whole point of it, and you're supposed to see treatment of people of other ethnicities and whatever. I mean, that that's the problem, anyway. It's like
0: yeah, yeah. I think else? too. I think too. It's like a timing thing, Kevin. Like I just think it's because it was so close to the riots. Maybe it was just. It was still fresh wounds because they Dude, did target so the Korean markets and Korean stores yeah. and stuff. Uh, they, they were targeted. And, and if you watch anything on the riots, I've actually watched a few documentaries. There was actually a band of Koreans that would sit on rooftops. If people came close to their store, they would shoot them. Oh, I they saw would, that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it's pretty I crazy, man. What yeah, fuck? or meme. <laughs> just was was not... like. A... <laughs> go
1: ahead, go ahead. It was just, it just felt like um, it's all fun and games until like the roof starts talking Korean and then like or speaking right, right, Korean, right, right, right. And it was like just a bunch of like dudes, like Korean guys, like the roof with like guns. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, uh, just to...
2: go ahead. Like, to help you sympathize, I mean, the whole point is like you obviously sympathize with the Korean market owner. I mean, it's not like. I mean, yeah, it was funny that he was like, all right, give me these prices from 65. And then, like, you know, the destruction was funny in some way, but, I mean, at the end, when you see the store, when it just shows the entire store and he's laying there, you're like, oh, man, that that sucks. You know, it's not like you don't sympathize with what happened, but, hey, it is what it is. I get it. Sometimes, uh, unfortunately, people can't look. It's just art, but people can't see it for art, you know, because we're, mm-hmm. we're, all, we're all Satanists because we look in a metal, so...
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to say, uh, you know, I really have nothing to add. I mean, I chose this movie because it's it's really is one of my favorite movies. It's just I think I've seen it so many times. Like when I was talking about that piercing being a flaw, I just think it's just something I've seen so many times that that it just really sticks out to me. But aside, dude, it's a small thing to me. I think this movie's almost almost perfect for its time, especially. And I can Mm -hmm. really relate to the character. Obviously, I'm not going to go off the deep end and start shooting people and shooting bazookas and. You know, killing fascists and stuff, but <laughs> but it, it, it just takes me to a time and a place. I really, I really know. I, I understand where the guy's coming from. Now, yeah, of course, he does it in an extreme way. And I want to thank before you know we're going to go off in a couple minutes, but I want to thank Kevy, which I think is cousin Kevin, I believe. Uh, Sean, what a beast with a three in it for instead of an E. So I'm guessing it's what a beast. Rahul, Diggs, Cindy, Johnny Rebel reboot. Uh, Johnny Rebel Reboot 2020 for uh, joining us, because uh, I think that might be the most people we ever had listen to us, so I appreciate you guys, uh, being, yeah, on guys being on with us.
2: We appreciate it.
0: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a fucking easy recommend. Again, yet yet again, we got to do a movie where we actually like fight about it a little bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're
0: right. It, that's why I usually try to play, whether I
1: like it or not, I usually try to play the devil's advocate and kind of like, you know, like, oh, that was good, but, you know, just to get like the you know, for the sake of conversation, but we should. We should choose one that we all have completely different opinions on. You know you know uh, what? I, I think we should do is we honestly, gonna, we should.
2: Yes. We're going to watch the guest and get the actual recording of it this time. That'll draw we, our of opinions. We already did the yeah, guest with tires. We
0: did the guest, yeah. <laughs>
2: well, all right, we're, re, we're redoing it without tires. A third time? <laughs> no, we can't do that movie again.
1: <laughs>
2: I forbid. All right, yeah. fine. Controversial one we'll disagree on we're gonna watch wolf Cop.
1: <laughs> there you go because i'm obviously i hate it so yeah, yeah
0: and i and I, I think honestly i know we you know we talk about show fucking prep and shit but uh we should do uh put in the list a movie we've all never seen too in the next couple uh which would be cool i like doing those because it's like like videodrome for instance you know it's a share reaction man none of us ever saw that movie going into it and we all loved it, though, so it defies the purpose of having uh, you know, different opinions. But still, it was cool that we did a movie we've all never seen, and I think it's good to do that stuff, too, once in a while. Just a uh,
2: quick recommend to everybody, too. Uh, it, it, the movie that just came out, it dropped on VOD, obviously. couldn't come out in theaters, uh, but it's We Summon the Darkness. Uh, fucking great movie with Alexandra Daddario. Um just amazing amazing movie man it's a good good throwback to metal and horror and it's it's uh it's a it's a good flick so you guys should check that out too i know we might want to do that one this is a new a new movie you guys haven't seen it yet and it it was uh i loved it
1: i might watch it tonight it's been on the top of my list i just have not had it i bought it
2: it was good man there's there's so much going on it's uh yeah it's uh really good
0: Boobies, yeah. I got it. I got it in my queue, actually. It's just it's in with 20 movies, so I will get to it very soon. Maybe we'll do that one next. What the fuck? Who cares? Let's do it, Doug. Write that one up, YOLO. All right, I'm gonna watch Yolo. it first,
1: but yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: Doug, well, unfortunately, right, in today's time ahead, week, uh, not there's not too many boobies, man. It's it's um, but I but you're, you're definitely. <laughs> You're going to love it. You're going to love the throw-in. But, I mean, it's Alexandra Daddario, so, I mean, I don't really think you need – she doesn't really need to show them. They're already there.
1: That's true, mm-hmm. too. Just yeah. curious.
2: It's nice to a know little, what you
1: got into. A little
2: little, a little a little more can go a long way. You know what I mean? More to the mad- imagination.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: On that note, thank you all for joining. Uh, until next time, thanks for putting up with us tonight.
0: This is Cal- Marco and sorry for the long length on this one. It's the longest one we've done in a while. Marco's all about the long length. Wink. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and Doug.
2: Ooh. All right, guys. Have a great night.
1: See ya.
0: Yeah. You too, guys. We'll do uh, that, that again. We're kind of the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: Thank <laughs> you.